Up next, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde on RCR Reality Check Radio. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Send us a text. 2057 is the number to send it to or email us. Inbox at realitycheck.radio. Oh, we've got a favourite uh, of our show on again, and it's uh, Family First, Bob McCroskey. We're going to be talking about what's happening in our schools, and in particular, my little bugbear, and it shouldn't be, uh, Pink Shirt Day, which is coming up, what is it, Bob, Friday week? Yeah, hi Rodney, good to be on the show again. Um, yeah, I think it's in two weeks. I mean, to be honest, I try not to tell anybody the exact day so that uh, they forget to wear pink. Um, <laughs> but it's been very interesting because it's um, it's they've shot themselves in the foot a little bit because it's a, a day that they say is dedicated to um, non-bullying, anti-bullying, but the role model that they've used uh, is none other than activist Chanel Lal, who uh, led the bullying, the bullying veto of Posey Parker out of Albert Park. And uh, it just is not a good look. It's tone deaf by the Mental Health Foundation. And in fact, a lot of people who probably you and I wouldn't normally agree with uh, and who would be the first to don their pink shirt, they're uh, very upset by this um, because you know, that, that whole protest was an ugly chapter uh, and a stain on, on the reputation of New Zealand as being so-called inclusive and diverse. Well, certainly on social media, uh, it's gone nuts uh, because of Chanel Lal. And as you say, um, it was so ugly. And to have men bullying women and to have our politicians and the legacy media spurring it on, it was absolutely horrific and then the sort of surprise well they didn't even express surprise mm. um the actual violence and seeing in a video mm. a young thug punching an elderly woman in the head with a closed fist yeah i i, I could not believe that bob no and then no. as you say chanel lal do you know anything of this character uh, he was a youth MP uh, a couple of about four or five years ago. I think he's Fijian origin, uh, and he, I mean, his preferred pronouns are they and them, I think, but um, he is a he, so uh, we'll stick to biological fact. And he um, then has, uh, he was an activist in the conversion therapy ban Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. I do recall him then. And that's yes. where, you know, and everybody sort of says, you know, he's the reason that uh, the ban was passed. No, it wasn't. It was because of uh, lily-livered MPs who uh, failed to respect the fact that some people wanted to determine their own life, want counselling the way they want it, uh, and parents don't want to treat their sons as girls or their daughters as sons and don't want kids being brainwashed with um uh, gender theory, um, and unfortunately, our politicians, uh, you know, completely missed the boat and, in effect, have criminalised caring parents and counsellors and prayer and uh, the right of people to self-determine what they do with their lives. So uh, that's that's where he's become famous. But then, of course, he runs around calling anybody who opposes gender ideology as either. Uh, far right wing Christian fundamentalists like um, you and me, even yeah. if they're not, and um, and TERFs, which of course is trans exclusionary radical feminists, which is basically a feminist who believes that a woman is a woman and a man is not a woman. 
So I think that makes you and me a turf as well. Yes. <laughs> but I'm a radical, I'm a radical lesbian feminist by his definition. I don't know. Sometimes they call me a radical lesbian feminist, and other times they call me a white Nazi supremacist. So um I well, no, Rodney, also- according according to Mama Davidson, you're a white cis man and you are responsible for all the violence yeah. in society. Isn't it strange, Bob, that this whole movement is designed to sh- sow total confusion, mm. and they they actually revel in the contradiction and hypocrisy. And I see people of, let me say this gently, Bob, <laughs> your age, my age. <laughs> Males, <laughs> men of no colour, yeah. right? Men who think that they're a man and love women, and in particular, love their wives. Yeah, we sit there totally confused by this, and now you have always understood it, and now I'm beginning to understand it because the confusion is the point. Hmm. So the the idea that you can be a violent bully and then be anti-bullying, and we're sitting there saying, hang on, this is terrifically Hmm. hypocritical, they don't bat an eye. No, and and, uh, I mean, I'm just warning parents about the pink shirt day because I think a lot of parents don't understand what's actually driving it. No, we'll get to that, Bob. I just want to pick up on the Chanel Lull thing, and yeah. I will, I promise you. But And everyone will growl because I'm interrupting you, but I want to get you onto the bigger picture because yeah. um, you have the situation where conversion therapy, uh, and that could be um, your 10-year-old comes home from school <laughs> And says, oh, you know, Dad, I think I'm I'm really a girl. Mm. And you say, son, you're not a girl, you're a boy. Mm. And we need to get some help. Well, you can't do that, right? No, you I mean that could be criminalized, especially if the child decides to go to the counselor and says that um my parents are uh you know, practicing conversion therapy on me. The interesting thing about all this, Rodney, is that conversion therapy is still legal in New Zealand if you convert towards LGBT, but if you convert away from it, it's illegal. Yeah, so so in the school, my kids are being taught that they could be this sex other than what they are, Mm. and that's fine. But if I try and work the other way, it's not. It's unbelievable. I mean, and that's part of... The confusion. The other thing is this I was thinking about, Bob, and as I read more, I'm getting, I'm loving getting the clarity about what's going on because if you don't understand where these people are coming from, it's just confusion. Mm. We were taught that people are born gay, right? And it's like they're genetically gay and that's it. So when I was a kid, homosexuality was sort of an activity that, um, people were engaged in, they weren't actually homosexual, if you know what I mean. It wasn't a thing mm. that you you were. It was an ac- action that people took. 
Where, and then it was, no, no, you're born homosexual. And I sort of bought into that. Okay, I get that. But now you're not born a man or a woman. You get to choose that, but you can't choose whether you're gay or not. Yeah, and the rules the rules change constantly, and that's why you have a plus at the end of LGBTQIAA plus 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 um, yeah. because the rules just constantly change. Because once you take away the binary, once you take away the biological fact of male female, then uh, you know where do you stop? Uh, basically, there is no limit because it's not defined on objective reality it's based on identity and we can imagine whatever we like i mean i'm sure you think you're arnold schwarzenegger you yep. never will be, but you probably think you are every time i go to the buffet i want to be a seven-year-old because i want the child rate so yeah you know it's just yeah it, it it's it's a disaster but i do think uh rodney that uh what happened in albert park with chanel lal and the posey park protest i think uh i can't remember if we talked about this last time we did yeah we did. I still think it's been a turning point. And just as I have conversations with people, and generally what I do is I sit back and I just wait for them to express their opinion so that they don't sort of feel they have to, you know, align with mine. Or I'm just really interested to find out how the general Joe and uh, Joe, Joe and Joanne in the street think. Mm. And the, the, the general um, population are saying exactly the way you just expressed it, that it, it just is, is, doesn't make sense. It, it, mm. It's not normal, and um, and we've seen the extreme side of it. And of course, the irony is that the group that are demanding tolerance and um, you know inclusion and diversity are so quick to exclude anybody, like turfs and cis white men who disagree with them. So, and you know, let's face it, that's that's part of the reason that uh, reality check radio um, has has found so quick success because. Uh, this viewpoint has been aided and abetted by our mainstream media who have been pushing this narrative and haven't allowed a uh, any challenge on it. So, for example, stuff um, which is very left-leaning and even, uh, you know, polling of people, they admit that they're left-leaning and even the journalists admit they're left-leaning, uh, will not allow a contra view on this issue and other issues like, for example, environmentalism and the fact, uh, you know, whether it's man-made, global warming, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, that's Well, I've got to give a big shout-out to you and Family First and direct everyone to your webpage because you have been on this for years and we're all latecomers. And also your um, McBlogs are fantastic. And your one on the pink shirt day, I, I, I suggest everyone that's enjoying Bob, uh, go to Family First, go to the webpage, uh, click through his videos. He also helpfully has a transcript as well, and they're wonderful. Um, I got a very interesting email, Bob, that I'll, uh, I'll share the tenor of uh, with you. Um, I haven't got it in front of me, but I did read it out on the show. And it was from a lovely elderly transvestite, whom I know. And I will call her she because she is a lovely person whom I know and have always had a high regard for. And she emailed me to say that what we had said on our show was 100% accurate. And she said that she wasn't a woman. 
and she said it was her her eternal regret that she wasn't a woman, but she knew she wasn't. She says, I know that I'm in the body of a man, but um, she wanted to be a woman. Now, Mm. I don't understand that. You don't understand that. But in a funny way, I sort of respect it. Mm. And she said that through a very difficult life, she had come to be accepted, but she said she would never force herself into a woman's space, into a woman's sport. She could only ever be invited. And I thought that's that's the that's what being a human being is. And she said these activists took over the movement, she thought, 20 years ago. And she said, I could see this happening. And she said, there's no respect for womanhood. And I thought it's amazing because Posey Parker and you and I will get labeled as anti-trans, but actually they're anti even the trans people, which is extraordinary, right? Yeah. And, I mean, my heart goes out to um, this transvestite because uh, it doesn't sound at all comfortable, but um, we can empathize and we can sympathize. And, of course, that's I guess, is the Christian thing. And so we, we tend to get forced by this debate into a box which doesn't fit us. Mm. You know, you're not a right-wing fascist fundamentalist Christian. You know, I'm not a radical feminist whatever. Um, we're not anti-trans. We're not anti-people. Mm. Um, so it's extraordinary how you get 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 labelled in this debate. So um, I think it's important because oftentimes people don't want to stand up because we're not anti-trans, you know, or we're not climate change deniers. You know, we're not these things that we get labelled as. And, of course, we'll come now to Pink Shirt Day because it has this wonderful thing of being anti-bullying. And who could not be anti-bullying? Well, is Bob McCroskey anti-bullying because you've got a question mark over Pink Shirt Day? Tell us about Pink Shirt Day. Yeah, look, um, just before I do, um, just your, I mean, the point that you raise about being labelled is actually all part of the strategy. And um, it, it actually, there was an amazing book called After the Ball, which was uh, written by uh, Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen, and it was after the ball, how America will conquer its fear and hatred of gays in the 90s. And basically, it was the marketing strategy for normalizing LGBT. And of course, you know, you got to take your hat off to them. They did an unbelievable job. They have, uh, you know, uh, normalized it within within the um, community, within the culture. But part of their strategy, they talk about their strategy and one of the things that they say is their strategy is uh, uh, what they call jamming. And jamming is defined as psychological terrorism meant to silence expression of or even support for a dissenting opinion. And so that's where the terms homophobic, hate speech, hate crime, intolerant, bigot, right-wing fundamentalist, Nazi, those terms all come out because, in effect, what they're saying is Look, even if you can't win the debate, you just label them negatively. And uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, people like you and me, Rodney, and uh, probably many of your listeners don't like these labels. They don't like, you know, being thought of as 
being bigoted or phobic, and um, it's designed to shut them up. And, you know, my encouragement to your listeners is understand why you've been given this label. It's not because you deserve it. It's because it's designed to shut you up and don't let it. Mm. work through and just keep debating the issue and keep asking the questions that need to be asked. Um, And just before we uh, move on, you were talking about a general approach to what's happening in our culture. Um, One of my blogs recently was about the UN report that came out and there was actually a New Zealander on who was one of the authors of the report, which was our uh, previous governor general by the name of, I'm just trying to remember her name actually. Um, I will find it and I'll remember it. But it's a UN report that talked about Uh, removing, um, well, this is what it said, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. So what they're saying... No, no. They're saying that sex amongst kids is okay if they consent, even when by law they cannot consent. So what it's not calling for the legalisation of sex with minors, but it is... It doesn't give an age of consent, uh, and in effect, it's 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 basically saying, look, you shouldn't use the law. I don't know if you remember, but this actually came up uh, amongst the Labor Party in about two thousand and was it twelve or thirteen? Phil Goff got in trouble because there was a bill going through Parliament. That's right. The Labor was right. that I wanted to lower the age of consent. Yes. Yeah, and and you know, so this is just a continuation because they say uh, that. Well, I think, in effect, what it is is it's, it's the sexualization of kids, and and that's what's happening in our culture, is that now, I mean, not not this report also called for the legalization of all drugs, even for underage and even for pregnant women. It called for legalization of prostitution. It called for uh, basically gender affirming care and and legalization of all abortion. So um, it's it's a typical UN document, I'm sure, as you came across in your political time. But yes, how, how do we find that? How do listeners find your commentary and that report on your on your webpage? Okay, just just go to familyfirst.nz and uh, search UN, and it's okay. one of my more recent blogs. I was last week, and of course, through all of this, we have seen the undermining of what you and I would call you always me now, as I'm becoming more aware, an undermining of family values which is a man and a woman forming a stable relationship, loving each other and supporting each other through life Mm. and raising um, sound children who can lead happy and fulfilling lives. And what we're seeing is this massive uptick in mental health, which is exactly what you were predicting all those years ago, Bob. Yeah, um, and interestingly enough, there was a a recent research out uh, in the States that actually talked about the fact that mental health uh, is highest amongst girls and then uh, boys um, are slightly below that. But here's the interesting thing. When they broke it down into whether the kids were conservative or liberal, they found that... um, liberal females were far more likely to have uh, mental health issues followed by liberal boys and then conservative 
Girls Conservative Voice. It's a fascinating study, and I'll send you the link to that so that if anybody right. does request it, I, I want to do a bit of a blog on this whole mental health issue. But, hey, let's face it, who's surprised that kids are confused and stressed because they're going to school they're being told that actually they, you know, they could be the opposite sex and maybe they need to think about it. Maybe and just by the way, Bob, for any listener that doubts this, <laughs> I can promise you this <laughs> is a regular thing in schools. Everyday teachers are talking about this just by the by in the classroom. That's my experience with my kids. And honest to goodness, Bob, if I hadn't have experienced it, I would have listened to you and said, oh, no, 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 Bob, sort of, it's hyperbolic. He's relying on what's happening in America. No, no, no. I would say, from what I've read and what I've seen, New Zealand is almost at the forefront of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that would be true. Would be, uh, we'd be having a race with Canada, the UK, Australia, and parts of the United States. I mean, back to Pink Shirt Day, here's the recommended book list for Pink Shirt Day, uh, which includes Life Isn't Binary on being both beyond and in between. Uh, My Shadow is Pink, which is a book that empowers LGBTQ children and teaches children the concept of diversity, equity, inclusion. Uh, Seeing Gender, an illustrated guide to identity and expression. And The Savvy Ally, a guide for becoming a skilled LGBTQ plus advocate. These are the books that are recommended, part of the recommended reading book list. A lot of people don't understand is that Pink Shirt Day is is simply about fundraising and pushing uh, the LGBT agenda and especially, for example, the Inside Out program, which is part of Rainbow Youth, which is, I think, what we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail. Yes, well, tell us about um, who's behind Pink Shirt Day so that who's advocating for it, who's pushing it, and um, what is it saying when your place of work dresses up in pink for the day and throws in a gold coin? Well, in effect, what you're doing is the rainbow tick. You're uh, being woke and you're virtue signalling and saying that uh, you're endorsing uh, programs like Inside Out, which is part of Rainbow Youth, which goes into schools and indoctrinates kids with the fact that, um, you know, you were assigned something at birth and the doctor might have got it wrong and you're actually the other you're the other sex or the other gender and, uh, you know, the two are separate and um, you should identify as one of 112 genders and 200 plus sexualities. I mean, you know, and kids are also being told that the earth is going to hell because of man-made global warming and and then they're having to have uh, practice uh, hiding under desks because of possible, um, you know, uh, crime going on outside the classroom, lockdowns. Mm. No wonder kids are stressed. I'd be stressed if that was happening. I used to get stressed just when my teacher was away and we had a relief teacher. Now now they're telling kids that, you know, uh, they're, they're sexualizing them. And it's it's adult. I mean, we called it adult entertainment, didn't we, uh, Rodney? Um, they're basically indoctrination, not education. I don't think it's education. It's indoctrination of 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 material that is not age appropriate. And it's polluting the moral innocence of our kids. Uh, my my inside out turned up at my local school. Um, for listeners, you can Google them. Uh, they're behind Pink Shirt Day, and they are in receipt of funding that is raised on Pink Shirt Day. Mm-hmm. They turned up um, without my knowledge and had two hours with my 11-year-old daughter, when I say with her, her class, yep. 
And this was a group of um, young teenagers who identify as transgender or non-binary. It's a complete alphabet soup. Mm. And um, to be fair, they look disturbed young children, and my Mm. heart goes out to them. Mm. Um, But they, without my knowledge, were talking to my 11-year-old and her classmates about how lots and lots of people, and they could be in the class, there'll be several, uh, who are boys who should be girls and girls who should be boys, and they might choose to live one or the other, or that may be who they are, and that was all cool, and that was okay. Yeah. And that happened in primary school. And so these kids are suddenly thinking about, well, what does it mean to, you know, what's the sex business, what sort of, and and when you, I now realize this, Bob, I didn't know this, when you subscribe to Pink Shirt Day, this is who is promoting it, and this is who you are supporting with your donation, which is quite extraordinary, is it not? Yeah. Oh, well, I had a look at Rainbow Youth's uh, most recent financial. Now, what's Rainbow Youth? I don't know about that. So Rainbow Youth is, uh, they sponsor uh, Inside Out. So uh, Rainbow Youth is exactly that. They're, they're pushing the LG, but they're behind all the programs going into schools. And in fact, they are advising education groups and government on how to indoctrinate kids with this LGBT agenda. And they're funded uh, their latest um their latest accounts show that they've got they had an income in the last financial year of just under two million, of which uh what is it, seven no, more than half a million came from your taxpayer money. Uh local government gave two hundred and thirty thousand and district health boards for trans support gave 112. So if you can't get your hip operation or you know, um things checked, or you know, there's not nurses, well, it's okay. They're funding trans support services. 112,000 to Rainbow Youth. I mean, there's no shortage of money um, as as they push this agenda. And if you have a Christian school, Bob, um, and you're integrated, let's say, first of all, can you avoid this? Yeah, well, that's a really good point. And um, if you go to our website, if you go on to our, uh, if you look at our parent guide, so it's our recent research report. We've a- I actually, and I wrote this over Christmas because people get contacting me and saying, how do we push back on this whole issue? And so basically I put together a um, 20-page parent guide, which includes the background and it gives uh, what the law says and has action points, so how to approach your school in a respectful but effective manner, as as you have done, Rodney. Um, and it also gives, you know, uh, uh, examples of programs and, and feedback. I mean, this type of stuff is not only in Pink Shirt Day, it's even sneaking into stuff like outdoor education. Uh, outdoor Education New Zealand has a program called Going With The Flow, which is all about telling people while they're doing outdoor education on a school trip that men can have periods. So this is the type of uh, indoctrination. But I did do a um, just a short section on state-integrated schools because, you know, a lot of parents say they make extra sacrifice to get their children into schools that have the values that they want, whether it's Christian or there's some Muslim schools here in Auckland, uh, and there's some non-Christian but integrated. There's the uh, Maori schools as well, and 
what people need to understand uh, if you send your kids to those schools is that the uh, Ministry of Education and, in fact, the uh, Education and Training Act, which is the act that governs uh, all schools, actually says that, no, it is the role and it's the right and it's the expectation of those schools to uh, reinforce teaching uh, that reflects that that religious instruction. They have a legal responsibility to ensure religious instruction in keeping with their special character forms part of the programs in the education. So parents need to keep their schools accountable and, and you know, push back if they see some uh, mission drift in terms of their local school, because the schools are under huge pressure from the Ministry of Education. It's been rammed down at all levels. And, you um, the good example has been Bethlehem College, who pushed back and said, "No, our our schools expect us to um, our schools expect us to um, you know have these values, and we're going to hold on to them." So, uh, Bethlehem College has been a good example of how schools just need to get some backbone and push back. But for state schools, it's much harder. But state schools still have to reflect through the board and through the parents what parents want. And parents need to know what the law says and what their rights are in terms of uh, when they can remove their kids. And we encourage parents to remove their kids. Don't take the risk. Don't don't, uh, hope for the best. You can't do that anymore, not necessarily because of the teacher, not necessarily because of the school, but because of the indoctrination that's coming through from the government and the ministry. It's interesting too because there must be, uh, and I no doubt you hear from them, many, many teachers who are very uncomfortable with this but uh, have to go along uh, with it. And um, I can feel that some of the teachers that my children have would be very uncomfortable with it, but I I don't raise it with them because it would make for a very professionally awkward conversation for them. Mm. and potentially a terminating conversation because um, that's the effect. It's so stultifying, and you can see it also with our large companies that Mm. um, they get bullied into taking on the rainbow tick, and then when they get the rainbow tick, that then becomes a charter for how they should behave Mm. um, because you'll lose your rainbow tick. Um, and of course, Bob, it's it's so difficult to see lovely people who want to stop bullying, who want to make a society that's welcoming of everyone, and who don't want to be bigoted or judgmental or all, all these things that we've been taught to be. And so they're very quote nice people, they're very caring people. Mm. And that if you like carried along with pink shirt day and then there's us labeled as hard hearted uncaring and it's created a big gulf everywhere you look and i i tried to invite um as i said earlier the the mental health foundation on on the show but they won't discuss it because there's too big a gulf they feel between us and that's part of the problem too we can't have a mature discussion about these things because it's never been voted upon 
And when a Posey Parker comes out to speak, she's shut down and anyone that supports her is shut down. So there's this big gulf opening up, I feel, that you can't even talk about it, Bob. Yep, and of course that goes back to what the strategy is. It, it is that you label them, that you attack any dissenting opinion. Um, you know, I think, I mean, uh, you know, Rodney, I think the reason we respect each other is because uh, when I was uh, when I was on when we were on opposite sides and I was interviewing you, um, I was I was the DJ and you were the politician. We we respectfully disagreed on some issues, but we respectfully did it and. Uh, I I think that's a quality that conservatives need to hold on to. We need to remain respectful in all of this. We need to understand that uh, people can have different opinions, as you said with your uh, trans, transvestite that contacted you. I mean, we yeah. both know Georgina Beyer, who said away yeah. recently. I mean, I went to school with George Beyer, who became Georgina Beyer. Oh, really? How yeah. lovely! And and his. Um, yeah, I knew the family, and uh, and you know, it's it's just a respectful, it's a respectful thing. Uh, I, it's it, there's not a, a they try to make out that there's hate and phobia. There's not. There's just people disagree on different issues. Um, the reason I like conservatives because it is because I think we can respectfully disagree. Unfortunately, the left, the radical left, have become uh, so intolerant and. Uh, you know, they talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, but it's become inequity, inequity and um, exclusion and delusion almost uh, in terms of what they're pushing. And it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to get too spiritual on you, uh, Rodney, but... No, I, please I, do. The interesting thing I found was uh, Posey Parker, she, in her interview, she did an interview with The Spectator in the UK and she was just sharing her experience in New Zealand. The whole of the world knew about what was happening in New Zealand. It was terrible stain on, on our reputation, what happened that day. But um, she said, look, I'm, I'm not religious in any sort of manner, but what I experienced there felt demonic. Yes. And, and in some ways, I, I think it, there is that spiritual level to it. It's... it's um, there is that component, and of course, it is it is rejecting everything that comes in the values of Judeo-Christian values, and um, so we shouldn't be surprised by that. It's interesting because going back to Posey Parker, because it was uh, you and I both think it's a watershed moment, because um, the activists could have ignored her, yeah, and the media we know could have ignored her. Yeah. And you and I probably would never know that she'd been. I've never heard of her. Who's Posey Parker? And um, I, I listening to British commentators, and the one that really hit me hard was a British commentator who said his entire life he'd wanted to come to New Zealand because mm. he always thought of it and so as such a beautiful place, uh, egalitarian wonderful nature, not heavily populated or polluted. And now he said he couldn't dream of wanting to visit New Zealand because of the level of intolerance hmm. displayed, not just by the people turning up to be violent at the protest, but the media and the politicians egging it on. Like yeah. this was a this was a big thing. I mean, the prime minister and minister of immigration uh, hyped it up, and of course, this again 
is going back to Pink Shirt Day is you and I know that if you're in the workplace, if you're at school, if you're a parent with your kids at school, you're having to make a tough decision about Pink Shirt Day because the easiest thing is just to go along with it, put a pink shirt on and throw $2 into the collection box and support Rainbow Youth and Inside Out to, as you say, indoctrinate your children or to expose them to stuff you don't want them exposed to because they're children. Or you literally have to say, this is, a, this is the hill upon which I die. <laughs> because if you refuse to put on your pink shirt, you're making a bold statement. Well, ironically, uh, those are the ones who are like kids are, are likely to get bullied if they're not um, buying into the uh, the anti bullying day. That's that's the sad irony. Look, in all of this, we do encourage parents just to say, uh, look, on days like this, um, just simply do a. I mean, there's also the silence day. I can't remember what they call it. Um, you know, where they take their mouths up, and that's an anti bullying day as well. I mean, there's days throughout the year, there's weeks, there's months. It, it, um, it's never ending. Uh, you know, we celebrate Anzac Day one, basically one day, but uh, all these types of days are just never ending. Um, and that's part of the indoctrination. But we just encourage parents look, do a field trip that day, um, keep them home from school. You'll you'll probably do more on a basic, achieve more on a basic field trip. And it's why, unfortunately, homeschooling is becoming increasingly attractive. It is. Yes, indeed. And tell me, Bob, uh, do you know anything about the Mental Health Foundation's role in this? No, they just seem to be a partner organisation. Um, and once again, this is this push that all the majority of bullying is purely around LGBT. And in the McBlog that I did in the, the script, which you can see on our website, you know, I actually talk about the fact that the research shows that kids are just just as likely and, in fact, more likely to be bullied, uh, as you'll remember and I remember from our school days, for kids that are disabled, uh, you know, the ones that have got zits, that have got the big ears, that, um, you know, walk funny, talk funny, have the stutter, um, you've got the cyberbullying, which doesn't, you know, go looking for LGBT. It just bullies anybody that's online. And, of course, you've got the racist bullying that's that's prevalent uh, in some communities as well. Now, you know, if Pink Shirt Day just focused on all bullying and all victims and, and, and funded those types of programs, you know, we'd achieve I, – I remember actually uh, in my – pre-radio and family first days, I was actually a social worker in South Auckland for a community organisation that I'd set up. And I worked in the intermediate school, the local one, and and they used to have some issues of bullying. Uh, and generally what they would do is every so often they would uh, take all the kids in all the classrooms and they would just get them to confidentially write down on a piece of paper any kids that would, they were being bullied by. And then they would collect in all these pieces of paper and they would collate them. And I tell you what, you can imagine what happened. About three or four names came up and they knew exactly who were the kids that needed um, <laughs> some support. Yes. And then they would refer those kids to our life skills program that we were running and we would work with them and deal with some of the behind the scene issues of 
often they're the ones getting bullied at home or or in, an, in another setting, and so they're taking it out at school or, you know, there's other issues going on. And, you know, we've lost sight of that, and, and what we've done is we've just focused on one particular group, uh, which is the, you know, the LGBT groups and Rainbow Youth and indoctrinating our kids on gender and sexuality, um, and we really need to get back to the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Because I, Pink's, I, did Pink's, think, um, I did think that uh, the Act Party did. Uh, I did chuckle a lot because um, the the Labor Party put out their pedagogy on the, and the Ministry of Education put out some pedagogy on teaching uh, maths. And I don't know if you saw it, but it I went, did. It went on about power structures and victimology. It was <laughs> it was critical theory one hundred and one. And in response, uh, David Seymour said, um, "Act policy is." One plus one equals two. <laughs> and I think every parent thought, yeah, that's exactly what we want. <laughs> well, well, you don't understand, Bob, because maths and arithmetic is a colonialist um, oh, construct that is part of the power structure over all the oppressed groups. Yeah. And, of course, you would believe one plus one equals two because you're one of the uh, people causing all the violence in the world. I mean, that's how... It's running, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, our legacy media are so run down, so beholden to government, and so taken over by the mob that they're a big part of this problem. And again, it's that legacy media that are seeing, uh, I'm sure, your webpage traffic go up, seeing the likes of the platform and Reality Check Radio, and mm. people looking at this and feeling uncomfortable and again, we go back to Posey Parker, which was a very visual, um, a very visual nationwide display mm. of what we are experiencing in our lives at work, at dinner parties, uh, with our kids at school, about what you're allowed to talk about and discuss, and to question, to question it is uh, not allowed, and by questioning it, you're showing your your bigotry or your racism or your colonial attitude everywhere you look. Um, I'll never forget, Bob, I, I just, this is completely off topic, but <laughs> I think it was about 2001 and 2002, and I'd formulated this very, very excellent question in my mind, to ask of the Prime Minister, Helen Clark. And it was a very on-point question. It was beautifully prepared. And I stood up in our parliament and full display of the nation's media, and I asked her my beautiful question, which I've entirely forgotten. And she just stood up and said, oh, well, you know, that member is a well-known climate change denier. And... I looked up expecting everyone to roar at her <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that is that is exactly not allowed. That's not allowed in a discussion or a debate. And um, obviously it's allowed in Parliament. You've got free speech. But I would expect the media to have leapt on that and say the Prime Minister dodged the question and engaged in a very poor ad hominem attack. Yeah. But 
from that moment on, I was a climate change denier. And it absolutely worked. And I can remember, to my shame, Bob, you being labelled a bigot and me thinking, oh, oh, well, I I always liked Bob um, and I'll go on his show. But a part of me was a bit worried because I thought, well, am I going on his show and becoming a bigot? That's how insidious it is, right? Yeah. And maybe that's Mark Wilson's point with um, the Mental Health Foundation. Oh, well, you're such and such, and so I won't come on your show, and your listeners are all such and such. I won't come on your show. And so we have cut down or eliminated that debate and therefore undermined not just the family with these programs, but also it's an undermining of civil society where you have civilized debate, civilized discussion, and you talk things through. And you may not get to a point where you agree or disagree, um, but you always walk away with respect. Has Mark Wilson actually canvassed all your listeners and established uh, what they believe? That's phenomenal. Well, he hasn't said that, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm reading his mind and I'm hypothesizing because that's your experience and my experience, right? Yeah. Of you know, family first followers uh being labeled yeah. uh and and being and 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 being dismissed so that we can't have uh this discussion yeah which is part and parcel of living in a civil society yeah right? and, and and they can't handle the discussion so it's easier to label and dismiss and and uh, to attack as I said earlier um rather than engage in the debate because to be honest it's pretty hard defending this whole view that a man can be a woman and a woman can be oh, a man it's it's, it's impossible. I feel sorry for them trying to defend yeah. the invincible. It's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. On, I mean, whether you're religious or not, whether you rely on the science or not, whatever whatever way you look at it, um, it is absolutely binary. There is not a spectrum. The light is either on or it's off. Right. Yeah. Now, the light can be have a electrical fault in it, and you push the switch and it doesn't go on. And so, you, yes, we, you and I understand you can have intersex, but they take an intersex example and make a very long bow of it. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the tragedy here, Bob, is what we're learning from the UK is that oftentimes they're taking autistic kids or kids that are gay and saying, you're transgender, right? And, of course, that's upsetting um, a lot of the movement too. And you'll be familiar, I imagine, with a lot of uh, gay men and lesbian women who are Christian, right? Yep. And they're upset uh, by this blurring. So it's not all um, one way. Well, Bob, what you're suggesting for Pink Shirt Day is don't put the pink shirt on and keep your kids home. That's what I'll be doing. Well, I think when people investigate what's actually behind it and uh, who they're putting up as the role models, uh, yeah, they'd want to stay clear of it. And even supporters of a Pink Shirt Day concept uh, are staying well clear of it. And as I say, it's 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 a pity because we're all 
anti-bullying, and we all want yeah. our kids to be taught that. But and there's not- a quick answer now, isn't there? Because you can say, "Well, why are you against Pink Shirt Day?" Oh no, it's easy. I don't support Chanel Lal, yeah. and they'll say, "Who?" And you'll explain who Chanel Lal is. And yeah. you say, "Don't support that," and you're you're out of it. You're you're. They have to explain how Chanel. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Chanel Lal explain how they can be the face of anti-bullying in New Zealand when that person's provocation shut down women wanting to speak and saw an elderly woman with her eye socket fractured. Yeah. End of story. Can't support that. Bob, it's always a pleasure uh, talking to you. I'm talking with Bob Bukowski of Family First, a wonderful human being with uh, a wonderful array of resources. I encourage everyone to go through, uh, even even the uh, non-Christian readers, because there is a wealth of material of what's happening socially, uh, culturally uh, in New Zealand, and a very fine critique of education and wider societal trends. And I think it's an amazing resource because we're not arguing now in our country about tax rates or more regulation or less regulation. There is fundamentally a cultural division opening up and we're talking about what our values are as human beings, what our values are as a society. And everything else comes after that. You know, you're arguing about tax rates or you're arguing about how much we should spend on our health system. Well, before that, we need to be discussing and thinking about our values because there's a big divide opened up about our values. Uh, You're on Reality Check Radio. This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. You can text us at 2057. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and thanks to the lovely Bob McCroskey from Family First. Good to be on the show. You've been listening to Real Talk with Rodney Hyde on RCR, Reality Check Radio. 